Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Billboard on Broadway podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Milzoff, senior editor at Billboard, musical theater nerd in residence. So over the years, the idea of a so-called jukebox musical, which uses an artist's catalog as the songs for the show, has, for whatever reason, gotten kind of a bad reputation. Um, Seems a little without reason, because there have been really great ones, like, for instance, Jersey Boys has been super successful uh, before it closed recently. Um, But it's rare to find one of these musicals that can balance the really fun, entertaining part of having a total pop score with uh, having a show that just doesn't feel like empty fluff in the end. Um, You can easily take a pop artist catalog and make a show out of it, but the connecting thread between the songs, the story, and the whole thing coming together isn't always there. Uh, But there have been some notable exceptions to that rule, uh, shows where the story of the artist whose music is used is really compelling and portrayed in a way that feels both true to their real story, but also kind of augments it for the stage in a way that uh, sustains an evening. Beautiful, the Carol King musical, uh, who were my very first guests on this podcast, definitely comes to mind. And most recently, On Your Feet, the Gloria Estefan musical certainly does. I have to admit, I sort of raised an eyebrow when about two years ago, I heard about this show for the first time. Then I went to see it, and I basically raved about it like a crazy person to anybody who would listen. Um, And being totally honest, I saw it twice, which happens very rarely with me, uh, because quite simply, it's just a total delight of a show. Um, The music, of course, is the kind that won't leave your head. Uh, It uses tons of Gloria Estefan's hits, so many that you'll be like, wait, I forgot that Gloria Estefan wrote that song. Um, Though a lot of her Spanish language work is used as well that you might not know um, as well. Uh, The story of her rise in the music industry with her husband and her sort of right-hand man, Emilio, is a really incredible one that's worth remembering um, about a time when the mere idea of Latin influence in pop music was something that got Gloria and Emilio laughed out of record label and radio offices. And the performers on stage have great chemistry together. They're really all standouts, and it feels weird to single out just one, but Ana Villafanie, who plays Gloria, um, gets all of the nuances of Gloria's vocal style so well, it's kind of eerie. It's like seeing new Gloria on stage. Um, 
maybe not surprisingly, because Gloria had a hand in picking the actor who would portray her. And it turns out that she and Anna have a lot in common. Um, it's clear that they've become really close over the years. Uh, as you'll hear in my conversation with them, they basically finish each, each other's sentences at this point. Um, and they came to the office recently for the podcast to talk about Gloria's amazing career, why it translates to the Broadway stage so well, and On Your Feet's continuing success. Get on your feet. to have both of you here. I'm a big On Your Feet fan. I there I see a lot of shows and very few of them I see twice, but I have seen On Your Feet twice. Yay, happy to be so happy. What yes. a compliment. Thank you very much. It's, it, it's a total party and it was I, I just like can't help but smile even thinking of it. So oh, me too. Yes. Thank you. Which Likewise. is probably why almost two years later it's still running, which is awesome. Thank God. We're very happy for that. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> and getting ready to tour and open in Holland and tour the state. So we're thrilled about that. On your feet in Holland. Is it going to be in English or in Dutch? (laughs) It will be spoken in Dutch, but the songs will stay true uh, to their language because they were hits in the original languages in in Holland. There's some interesting stories about Holland. (laughs) It was our first, well, you saw the play, so uh, the musical, it was our first number one record uh, outside the United States, Dr. Ah, Beat in Holland. So, and funny enough, where Conga was born, which is in the city of Utrecht, after a night where we were promoting Dr. B, we were out in the alley and Emilio played some Cuban congas because we'd run out of material and they uh-huh. loved it. And I told the drummer, we need to write a song based on this rhythm. And that was at three o'clock in the morning in this club in Utrecht called Cartouche. And now the show will be playing in Utrecht. So That's crazy. it's like, it talk is about crazy. full circle. Yeah, I went over there and when they made the announcement that the show was going to be um, opening in Holland and when they told me that I was like I need to go to this bar because it's a scene in our show when, yeah, yeah, when we're writing Conga so I'm I'm excited to go back for the opening and to, to actually go to the bar and yes. find it and people that used to go to the bar they have like a club like a Facebook thing and they, hang, they, they really it's it's a crazy it's a thing so it, it seems like you should do like a pop up on your feet in the bar exactly like right. little, the immersive yeah, so. on your feet yeah now it's called something else but it's still the right. same place exactly yeah, I'm excited about that. Wow. Well, rewinding back a ways when the two of you first met, I I know there was there was a search to play you, correct? Yes. And which I that must be an interesting experience for you. But can you tell <laughs> to me say about the least. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'd love to hear about how you find Anna, how you knew that she was the right person, and how were you convinced to audition to play Gloria in the first place? All right. Well. Let- let me start with mine. Well, maybe we'll go back and forth so it doesn't become a huge long <laughs> yeah. thing on me. But um, we saw over 3,000 girls between auditions in New York, Miami, L.A., and Internet, which we found some people on the Internet. One of your understudies, Linedi, is, is, was amazing, and she was from the Internet mm-hmm. uh, pool. So we looked everywhere. The tough thing is the, this person had to be bilingual. Mm-hmm. She had to be able to sing pop music and still feel legitimately the Latin stuff. Uh, she had to be a great actor because Alex Dinolaris did an amazing screenplay with some very dramatic scenes. So it wasn't just, you know, hey, fun, 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 here's these hits. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, tough. And dance and move and mm-hmm. play an actual person that's alive. So that's all very, very tough. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember they called me and said, we're down to our final four ladies. You know, Jerry Mitchell, our amazing director, had wheedled it down to that. 
And I go, oh my gosh, I remember walking into that room. It was like, tw- you know, like that 12 Angry Men sitting <laughs> at a giant table with yes. one lone piano. It was terrifying. Yes, I was terrified. And I was on the other side of that table. And all I could do was feel like nervous for the girls that were sitting out there. So let me switch it over to Anna so sure. she can... On my end, my one of my best friends is an anchor for the news in, in Miami, and she was covering one of the open calls at the Arsh Center, um, which is where the tour is actually going to open. Um, and she calls me. She's like, Anna, you know, I went to high school with her. She's like, Anna, they're looking for a Gloria Stefan. They're looking for someone to play her on, on Broadway. And I was in L.A. I haven't um, I had never auditioned for Broadway. I had never I'd wanted to do Broadway as a kid. That's what I grew up dreaming about. But um, but I never it wasn't really like a, an immediate reality thing. So I'm over in L.A. and I was like, OK, I got my team together and I was like, I need to go in for this musical. They're like, absolutely not. You're not a theater girl. You're not trained in this. You can't do it. And I was like, I feel something in my heart that I just really feel like I can bring something to this. I don't know why I hadn't read the script. I didn't know anything about the show. It could have been not what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and and then finally I got, an, I got an audition and I just, I kind of became obsessed. Like I would watch all of these performance tapes and watch interviews, anything I could find on YouTube, read up like, you know, every different kind of biography and, and things like that. And, um, trying to get the human being, because that was what I was more concerned about, because everybody knows who she is as a pop star, everybody knows who she is as a recording artist. And then it was just a matter of um, kind of going into the room. When I first went in and I and I had my first audition um, for Jerry, I was singing, because I was like, this is Broadway, you need to like Barbara Streisand that, you know? <laughs> and so I was singing like a little too much and like trying too hard and just going for it. And, um, and they were like, this isn't that show. Like, you know, she has such a different kind of energy. She has such an approachable energy. She has such a, um, a way of, of singing that makes her human. And I was like, okay. And so I went back and listened to Anything For You seven million times. And, um, and then the next day was the callback, which was this room that she describes, which was a sterile, huge white room yeah. with the long table with everybody sitting there and Gloria and Emilio in the center. So I was just... <laughs> Terrified. It's your interrogation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then and then they started with Rhythm is Gonna Get You. And they start the intro and I completely blank and I was just staring. And I and I missed the 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 introduction. I missed my my entrance, I guess, my musical entrance. And the, God bless this pianist, um, because instead of stopping and making it clear that I had made a mistake, he just repeated the like four bars. So yeah, I had no clue that you yeah. missed the entrance. I know, I've actually never <laughs> I told thought you, you were waiting for, for effect. Oh no, oh no, I've never told you this story. And then I bust out this turn. There's this turn from a 2003 Vegas concert where you're in like yeah. a denim. Where the alligator, the yes. one where the alligator With goes. Gloria Gator. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and there's this turn Gloria that she Gator, did in that, in that concert that I saw on YouTube, which is, her arms are outstretched and like fists are, you know, held tight. And she like just turns looking down. And so when he repeated those bars of music, I I just bust out that turn. And when I landed, I looked straight at her and I was like, move. at night. <laughs> and, it was, and that was it. And so from the rest of that, it was kind of surreal. And then I got the job that night. Yeah. It's, well, know, funny, on my end now, uh, there were four girls. She was supposed to be the last girl. The second girl was late. so And I was 45 minutes early because I'm OCD and really weird. Right. So she was preparing. She came with time to prepare. And the minute she <laughs> sat her butt down, they said, can you go now? Mm-hmm. So I remember that I'd seen the first girl, you know, it was fine. Uh, she walks in, and it was one of those kind of gut things. First, I felt her before 
I saw her. Wow. First she walks in and I go, damn, this girl could be my daughter because she, mm. there's a resemblance. There, there definitely is. <laughs> and uh, I go, okay, uh, let's see how she does. So she started singing and it's really tough because on top of everything else, I'm an alto, which is the minimal uh, of females are altos. It's physically how my chords are made. And mm. there's not a lot of us. Most girls are, are soprano. So she sang the song, right, exactly, and it's a soprano. <laughs> Most of all, they I'm were all sopranos, there you go. <laughs> so, I mean, there's very few. You've got maybe Diana Krall uh, is a is a, an alto. Um, one of my favorites, uh, Karen Carpenter Karen was Carpenter, an alto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can count them, like, on, on your hands how many altos there are there. So that's another challenge. Mm-hmm. But that you can get around, because at the age she's playing me, my voice sounded a lot higher than uh-huh. now. So she started singing, and what actually happened was she drew me into the song. She was singing my song, and I temporarily forgot that I was <clears throat> listening to somebody that I'm supposed to judge to <laughs> see if they can be me, and her her performance just drew me in. That, to me, was a big thing, because if you can f- make somebody forget f- for the moment where they are. And then they did the acting. So as far as I was concerned, I didn't see, need to see the other two girls, but <laughs> we needed to be fair, so everybody saw four, and when everyone finished we all turned to each other and said Anna everybody simultaneously just there was just no doubt in my mind that she was the one to to play this and then later on we found all these amazing uh, non-coincidences because I don't believe in coincidences uh-huh. I think that you know the universe throws things your way and it is play work that way the universe conspired to make everything happen we got on I think we're the quickest play to get to actually get to Broadway from inception to the moment you're on stage everything would click Uh, I met the writer, he was our first choice, we didn't look further. I met Jerry, we didn't look any further. It was like all these things. And yeah, no, awesome. I really, I mean, that's everything feels like it really clicks on the creative end. It's just one of one of those shows. And that's really rare. It is. Um, <laughs> I mean, like you said, Anna, I, I was looking at some like pictures of you when you were very young. And it's like uncanny how much <laughs> Anna when she puts on the wig looks like you. And but but I mean, vocally, Uh, it's not just imitating someone's voice. I know it's really inhabiting their spirit too, but what, as you were kind of studying up and preparing, and I'm assuming you must have worked together a little bit too, like what are the trademarks of Gloria's voice, the sort of inflections um, that you needed to kind of think about as you portray her? Well, for me, it was a lot of vowels and a lot of phrasing, the way that she uh, holds out certain consonants, actually. There are moments, for example, in Anything For You, instead of, you know, most Broadway singers are like classically, I'm a classically trained singer in like musical theater and and in classical music. Um, But instead of singing on the vowel, there are moments where she chooses on the records to sing on the consonant. So anything for you, like these like Mm -hmm. back phrasing, a lot of back phrasing as well. It's very rhythmic. Um, Gonga, which, you know, when you hear it at a party, which is always, um, you know, it seems like it would be one of these like easy, fun songs to sing. But I bet you that if at a karaoke bar, any Joe Schmo got up and started singing Gonga, it wouldn't, you know, it's such a percussive way of singing. And and that's something that Gloria told me. She's like, you know, you sing it like a percussion instrument. You don't sing it like if you're trying to sing. And so there was a lot of untraining or, or not untraining, but just going against what I've done all my life and trying to get into this style, which has become so iconic and so incredibly glorious. So it's the biggest compliment when people come to see the show and they're like, oh my God, you sound just like her. Sometimes I'd close my eyes and I just thought I was listening to Gloria. And I'm like, mm. A, that's a huge compliment. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. And just because I, I did grow up as a Gloria Stefan fan, I'm still a Gloria Stefan fan. Now it just so happens that you know, the human being is in my life and that's an incredible, like, it's humbling to play her, but it's even more humbling just after three years to still sit here and hear her story of her side from the audition is still, I still got chills, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that the the phrasing, the vowels, the um By the way, in the, the car rhythms, the other day, Emilio was playing a, a track and I go, where where was this live performance of mine from? And he goes, that's Anna. Yeah! <laughs> See, that's amazing. Like that's that like, that was the goal. I go, I went, what? <laughs> Hold on. It's uh, amazing. I mean and 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 um she was very generous and when we opened, she brought out her voice coach um from Australia, actually, and gave me lessons with her voice coach in order to really kind of get into that whole the physicality of it and just like the technique. Of, of what she's doing. So that's, so it's been a very, it's been a process for sure. And I'm sure there will be a process coming off the show, you know, whenever that may be that I'm going to have to like take a month and just be silent and then retrain my voice to sound like Anna again, because, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a transformation that I do wholeheartedly. And because I just want to stay away from my songs. I know, right? Exactly. (laughs) Do your other songs. You won't have a problem. You'll be fine. So it's, it's crazy. It's, it's incredible to feel that transform as an actress, like, you know, everything else, you know, and you expect is going to come. But then the voice part, I didn't expect Uh that to be so like, no. And then she has like two major arguments in the play, Yeah, which I kept telling her, find it quieter way to argue <laughs> because when you're singing you you're using your technique yeah. and mm-hmm. the hardest thing is to use technique when you're in an emotional and as an actor you know you want to oh, yeah. just throw it all out there and in the crying too because then all of act two I'm crying yeah. so so then sometimes there are some shows where if I'm you know under the weather or like with this New York climate where every day is a different season every day is um, a different season, yeah yes. it's you know there are some shows where I have to like really hold back on the tears and really hold back on the emotion yeah. so then it doesn't affect my chords and yeah. it's, she it's always delivers it I mean and, and I told Thank her every time I see the show she's more nuanced in things of mine that she throws things in continues to grow like it's not a static performance well I'll so. watch her every time Yeah, Every like time two, we're together, like, <laughs> I still like watch her and find little put things. Put down the I'll microscope. Find yeah, to, yeah. <laughs> and I'll find yeah. little things. To put in, whether it's a hand motion or a gesture, or um, we just recently switched um, moms. Andrea Burns was the original Gloria Fajardo, which is Gloria's mother. And then now it's Doreen Montalvo. And, and so they have different things that they do. And every person kind of takes from their parents. And so there are little gestures that I've taken now from Doreen. She... Andrea holds her hand a certain way when she puts her hand on her on her waist or on her hip, mm-hmm. and Doreen does it differently. So now, 
as Gloria grows up, she's becoming her mother a little bit. So I try to mirror. So it's it's always a little bit different. It's kind of fun. That's the beauty it's of a life. Crazy theater. amount of detail. To oh yeah. And for you too, it must be a little odd because these are. This is just you. This is just yeah, what but you I do. Don't remember, I don't see that. I. Uh-huh. I don't see what I do I'm inside my body. Oh, so. girl, I got you. I see yeah. what you do. <laughs> I know. But, you know, so it's it's like a discovery each time because I really, people will tell me, oh, my God, like, she's saying exactly this. And, you know, it's like my daughter that looks so much like me, but mm-hmm. it's only in moments that I see it or that she sees it uh-huh. because you, you don't really see it. Other people see it like crazy. But um, it's it's a magical thing. Every time I've seen the show, you know, it's it's amazing, and everybody does. I, I'm in awe of what Broadway uh, performers do. I honestly, I always did respect, had a had a deep respect and and admiration. But after being in this process, they are the hardest working people in show business. Period. Yes. Like other than any other. Anything you could tell me, mm-hmm. the, the, nothing compares to what a Broadway uh, entertainer does. It just yeah, I doesn't. didn't know that when I signed up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, but thank God yeah. you didn't. It's like you don't have a life. You, you're doing yeah. eight shows a week. What else? What else is there it's, time for? It's, it's fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah, but oh my okay. gosh, it's rough. So yeah. hats off to you, girl. Thank Completely. you. Completely. Were musicals a big part of what you listened to growing yes. up? Yes. Oh, please. I I I love music. So. Musical theater, I've loved. Uh, obviously, as a kid, we couldn't afford anything of that nature. My mom really wasn't into it, although my mother was a diva in Cuba. And she. As we see. She yes. was the star of every show in her school. <coughs> Excuse me. And oddly enough, her choreographer was the twin brother to a Broadway choreographer huh. that worked on Broadway. So everything that he would teach my mom would be Broadway moves and my mother is very theatrical like she's totally a diva (laughs) and uh when i was 17 um they brought my very first musical that i saw was oh calcutta hello (laughs) yeah talk about an eye-opening experience (laughs) yes i bought tickets it came to the coconut grove um theater there that they would bring musicals i saw um jesus christ superstar anything they could bring that i could save up money to go see Uh i would go see and then the minute when Emilio and I got married, the minute the kids could sit down long enough, we would bring them to Broadway, and they've been going to shows since they're two years old. And every time Emilio and I would come to Broadway, we would see as many shows as possible uh, with our schedule. And my daughter at 13, she had a Broadway weekend where we brought six of her friends and crammed Amazing. as many shows as we could see. <laughs> oh, so they love like it. Dream. That sounds like yeah. a dream right yeah. now. Yeah, I know, I want one. <laughs> so we, I think we, we saw a show Friday, the two, the two mat, one in the matinee, another one at night. It was like, everything we could watch and we all love it because we respect and know what these entertainers are doing plus there's nothing like live performances and rarely that's rarer and rarer anywhere you go even in concerts where you know a lot of yeah. things is playback and lip sync and all this stuff so these are actual people singing dancing acting right a few feet from you very yes. intimate it's it's an amazing experience and now more than ever I go oh my gosh what these people do is just and the swings I know oh I my god the dancers being a swing is like, like it needs robots. its own podcast yeah, episode absolutely I think. absolutely our dance captain I think has done every single track in the show including her father that's crazy <laughs> I mean, not the singing yeah, part of her father, but yeah. there's a moment in the show where, like, spoiler alert, there's there are two people on stage, and I'm speaking to one who's in the bed, and then the other one comes out and sings to her. And um, and Natalie Caruncho has mastered playing the father. 
in incredible. the bed. So or somebody gets incredible. Yeah, and somebody gets injured in the first half of the show and suddenly oh, they're out and then everybody has to shift the what they're doing. It's like, I, it's, I can't, my mind can't wrap itself yeah. around like the amount of work and the skill set that they yeah. have to have. So I'm, I'm really in awe. <laughs> Astounded every night. Well, I have to say that I, I always felt it was appropriate. Your theater is, are, are you right across the street from Hamilton? He's or right, next, right, right next, next door. And I know that when, when Lynn was still there, he was like coming over for Café yes. Gourmet, yes. which I love. And for the snobs, the Saturday night on Broadway parties, because <laughs> since our, our theater is new, so um, we have a lot of space backstage. And so all the other you know, actors from the other shows, they love that. And so they come to our green room and hang out and that kind of thing. And we have these parties where everybody orders something and it's kind of like a potluck situation. And yeah, Sounds it's nice. awesome. they're a family. It's yeah. a community. And Lynn would bring coquito around the holidays. <laughs> so <laughs> amazing. It's like a Puerto Rican eggnog with yeah, a lot of, with a lot of I'm a fan. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I'm- I'm a wannabe Cuban, and <laughs> I, like, I love Coquito. Uh, but I mean, similar to how Hamilton had the big immigrants, we get the job done line. You have a big moment that Emilio has that I would love to tell people about because I feel like it gets such a reaction in the audience. And I'm curious, over the past two years, especially how you have felt the audience reaction change to that. Um, tell us a little about that. Well, so the line is there's a there's a moment there's a scene with the record executive where the record executive is trying to uh, manipulate what kind of sound they're putting out there when they want to release an English single and and he's pressuring them to stay in the Spanish world, um, and and he says this is not their home, and so that kind of sets off Emilio and Emilio stands up for not only them you know Gloria and himself in the moment but for their entire culture, which I think is a very parallel moment in the show, which is really the importance of Gloria and Emilio's story. Obviously, they're incredible human beings and individuals, and their success means a lot just in terms of what it is. But they represent an entire culture of people. And so Emilio goes into this beautiful monologue that there are moments where the applause actually erupts before even the punchline. <laughs> but um, but it ends with, this is what an American looks like. And it's just so poignant. And I think it's funny how during the run of our show, it's become almost more, <laughs> um, you know, with, with the way politics have, have gone and uh, certain political climates changing in Cuba as well and, and events, just just world events that have happened that, um, that it makes us almost more relevant than even when we started, which was already relevant. So it's yeah. it's incredible to feel that and to, to understand the power of that and the magnitude of that because these are 33 actual Hispanic kids on a stage. Most of us made our Broadway debut with this show. Emilio was very adamant about wanting to cast real Latinos because many shows, West Side Story, In the Heights, you know, Cape Man, like all of these shows have had Latino storylines and Latino stars, but not necessarily an entire Latino ensemble. So mm-hmm. that authenticity in those group numbers, you can't fake, as Gloria yeah. says, you can't fake what's real. And so it's it's very powerful. Yes, it is. And, and for us, it was important. The only reason we did this show was to have some kind of, to leave something behind with the people that go see it because, you know, I'm still around, they still have my music, they have my records that they can listen to. And that's why I also told my mom, mom, buckle your seatbelt, I'm gonna tell the truth because Alex Dinalaris, when he spoke to us for a year and a half, (laughs) getting the show ready, he came up to him and he goes, you guys are a nightmare to write for. I go, why? He goes, you don't have conflict. I go, let me introduce you to my mother. So then, <laughs> then he spoke to her. So there are different storylines in the play that we wanted to share specifically 
so that people in the audience don't just come and be entertained, which is great with the dancing that is phenomenal. Sergio uh, did uh, an amazing job. Yes, uh, yeah. the, the dance is, I mean, incredible. The yes. authenticity of everything he did. He mixes a lot of things, which we've done in our music, because our music is very much a fusion. It's not just Cuban. We, you know, we, we have a lot of different sounds. So we wanted all that to be legitimate, but mainly we wanted people to feel something and to maybe get a new idea uh, if something's going on in their family life to remind them how quick life goes, how things can change in an instant, how sometimes we waste our time with stupid, you know, ego things and, and, and things that don't matter, how you've got to stay. We want people to feel passionate. If they had a dream that they gave up, maybe you know, hey, maybe I shouldn't give it up. Maybe I should give it some more energy just to be happy. So we wanted there to be a lot of things. And that line is one of the key elements because, you know, we do have the privilege and responsibility of representing our culture in some way. We didn't ask for it, but you kind of get thrown mm -hmm. into that. And we do it with a lot of pride and honor. And if we can in some way, you know, leave that message in there every night, that's also a very, because we didn't change our sound for that reason. They tried to homogenize us and uh, make us sound like everything that was on the radio. And we kept saying, but then we're not us. So why would we want to succeed with something that is not us? We'd rather fail and know that we gave it everything we had and present something unique and different And we stuck to our guns, Emilio and I, so, you know, or else they would have watered us down and we wouldn't have made it. I mean, it, it, we would have been, there's a million other people that do that thing. Mm -hmm. And only we could do our thing and it was our thing. So that's important to us in the show. Well, I, I would say it worked out. Yeah, I would say so too. I'm very grateful. <laughs> yes. It's definitely an, uh, an example. It's funny because people ask me all the time, what is the best you know, advice that you've gotten from Gloria or from Emilio. And I always say the same thing, which is actually, they've told me incredible, I've, I've gotten a lot of incredible advice, but the best thing that they've given me, and I think I speak for the rest of the cast and anybody who's seen the show really, is the example of that, of not leaving who you are behind just to, you know, find success. And that's what makes this story special, that's what makes them who they are, and that's what gave all of us the opportunity because their crossover paved the way for for Latin for the, the Latin genre to even be what it is now in this country. Mm -hmm. So it's it's incredible because of them I have a job. Yeah. <laughs> like not only I think you would have right had a job now, regardless, but, but, yeah, but not that, only literally thank right you now, that but you know what I mean. For for many of us. Completely. Well thank you so much both for thank coming you. in. Lovely love to see it. you both. Yay. Appreciate it. On Your Feet is currently playing on Broadway at the Marquee Theater. Uh, if you'd like to hear a recent performance in the Billboard office of a few songs from On Your Feet by Anna, along with Doreen Montalvo and Hector Rivera, uh, you can go to billboard.com slash Broadway. You can also go there for all of our continuing Broadway coverage leading up to the Tonys. Uh, if you would like to find me on Twitter, I'm at Rebecca Millsoff. You can always use hashtag Billboard on Broadway to talk about the podcast. If you like the podcast, please give us lots of stars and nice reviews on iTunes. And I hope you'll tune in again next week.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.